Blog Talk Radio. And it's just you and me in 
now? <clears throat> Welcome to another edition of Prayer International Radio. This is our show called Face to Face, um, Face to Face with God, whatever you pretty much want to call it. Um, I'm your host, Sean Holmberg, along with your other host, Christopher Herzog, who is in the studio with us tonight, um, Wednesday night. Um, so I hope it's been a good day. Um, you know, someone had asked in our chat room last night, um, actually before I begin, um, let me l- let you know we're going to have a chat room open. Um, if you need prayer for anything, well, anything you want to talk about, um, our number is 619-638-8458. You know, someone had asked last night about um, me and Chris and this show, and it's true, we've only been doing this broadcast for a few weeks, and um, neither one of us had, well, pretty much, I think, ever been on the radio. Um, Chris has had the blessing and opportunity to speak in front of a couple churches, um, and, you know, it was one of those things that sort of just happened. Um, we both had a vision that the Lord gave us um, to build a 24-hour prayer ministry online. Not necessarily a prayer ministry, but a prayer outreach portal, if you could say that, where Christians can come 24 hours a day and get live prayer. Um whether it's video or audio or whatever. And in the process of that, um, since we've only been doing this for a few months, um, gathering enough intercessors to be available 24 hours a day does take time. And so we started putting messages out, just speaking our heart out and putting various things out there. And then the blog talk radio showed up. And so it was just one of those things we did it and, you know, for me, um, getting in front of anybody and talking is not necessarily one of those things I'm good at, and it's not one of those things I'm usually even comfortable with, because um, I still haven't done any video, anything for our website. Um, I don't know, the radio maybe makes, makes it a little easier, but um, but it's interesting because in three weeks' time, the Lord has definitely shown us a lot of things. Um, one, and it's not even showing us new things. It's always things that it's already written in the Word and they become live to us. And one of those things is that it doesn't matter how many people listen. It doesn't matter if there's a hundred people who listen or one. Because, you know, the Father will direct people's hearts and to listen and people will find themselves in places and they'll be flipping through the dials and just happen or flipping through the internet and just happen to land upon this broadcast. And we trust him and to bring whatever is we're saying out to those people who really need it. So even if there's just one person out there who needs a touch from the Lord or one person who needs to hear from the father or just one person who's really needing prayer for something, um, and if we're there live and 
we can reach that one person, whether it's now or 10 years from now, then, you know, every minute from the beginning till now is worth it. And from until the end is worth it for the one person, because, you know, when all this is said and done and when we're in eternity standing before the father of all creation and in front of his son, Jesus Christ, all that's going to matter is that one. And there's not one, just one, but there's billions out there of people who need a touch from the Lord. And it's not very hard to find someone who does. It's Sometimes it's in your own house. Sometimes it's your neighbor. Sometimes it's the people at work. Sometimes it's you. And, you know, we all need to hear from him at times, and we all need his counsel. And... The Bible says that in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Um, and so me and Chris adamantly understand the importance of prayer. And we understand the importance of having a relationship and a communion with God. Because he is the source of our life. Um, every breath, every minute of every day is because of him and for him. And through him, and without his grace, and without his mercy, and without his strength, it would be impossible to make it from one day to the next. And so to get up here and speak on behalf of him to the 70-plus nations who are listening, um, to me, seems like a really big thing. And it's a really big honor and a privilege to ever be able to stand up and speak on behalf of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that being said, the most important message that will ever come out of our mouths is to be reconciled to God, to know his son Jesus Christ, and to know what Jesus Christ did on the cross when he died for our sins. And in the end, that's really all that matters. And we believe in prayer, and we believe because we've seen the results of prayer. We've seen the results of people's lives who've been touched, including our own. Um, And we know firsthand from experience the power of people who intercede on behalf of others. And whether it's seeing lives that are changed or whether it's seeing families restored or relationships restored or whether it's seeing people who are sick get healed. And, you know, there's a lot of people in today's times um, and now, personally, we're in the States, and um, so some of our listeners may not be in the United States, um, so I can't really speak to a lot of other countries, but I know in the States, a lot of people don't really believe in healing anymore, and they don't believe in miracles and God intervening on the behalf of people's lives. But as far as we're concerned, that's a, a normal thing for us to have. God with us in our daily lives and our daily walks and to see him intervene in our lives because we put our trust in him and we realize that he does those things and he does love his children and he's actively involved in the lives of the men and women who go upon him and not only us but the entire world because he's constantly drawing men and women to him and we're going to get into a message in a little bit about hearing the voice of God and but I wanted to say before that that 
you need to understand that when you pray, no matter who you are, the Father hears you, and he listens. And, you know, you may pray something, and it may not always happen the first time you pray. You know, sometimes you have to pray over and over again, and sometimes there's periods of prayer. There's a story in, I believe it's Daniel, where Daniel had made a prayer, and he waited and waited and waited, and finally an angel of the Lord showed up to give him his answer, and he said, you know, the Lord had answered you on the first day, but it took from then until now for me to get here because I had to battle um, the... Um, spiritual hosts in heavenly places who are warring against you and so you know the father is always actively working on your behalf whether you realize it or not and there's things that happened around us that we'll never see Um, the spiritual realm is more real than the physical realm you live and they and they work together um and, you know, the Bible says that God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And there's things that we can't see, but we believe because we have faith in the word of God. It says that the heavens themselves were created from nothing. God spoke and created the worlds out of what did not exist. And so we know that God can create things that, out of nothing and we know we we trust him, we believe in God, even though we can't see him, but we can see the effects of his work and the effects of his glory, and we can see the effects of people's lives who are changed, and we can see miracles and so just because you don't necessarily see it doesn't mean it's not real, and just because some things take time doesn't mean that God's not listening, and so you have to understand that there's always things going on that you don't necessarily understand and there's time frames involved you know god is never in a hurry um it says he's very very patient um there's a verse in the new testament that said that god is long-suffering not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and so we deal not only with our own time frames but we have to understand we also deal with his and so we're going to pray um, because I've seen people get healed before. Um, I've seen multiple healings. Um, Chris has two. Um, I personally, I know of far greater healings than I've seen happen in places where people actually believe, um, where people still get raised from the dead and because, you know, Jesus did it and he said, the works that I do, you shall do also. And it's not so much of, well, it's only something that happened back then because it's the same Holy Spirit that abides in us today. And it's a matter of faith and it's a matter of trusting God and believing in what he said. Um, so, once again, um, as every night, if you need prayer for anything, we're going to stand here in front of the Father and we're going to believe and we're going to trust him and his word that declares that by his stripes we are healed and his word that says if two or more of us are gathered together in his name that he is there in the midst and Jesus said if you ask anything in my name I will do it so 
and you know there was a scripture I was gonna I was gonna give us, but um, anyway, um, so if you have if you need prayer for something, whether it's a part of your body or an organ, whatever, if you know someone who needs prayer who's in the room, just place a hand on him or her. Um, if you know someone who's not with you, just stretch your hand out like you're reaching out toward them, and we're gonna trust the Father. Um, Father, God, your word declares. That you hear us Your word declares That by the stripes of Jesus We are healed Jesus you also said For us to lay hands on the sick And they shall recover You said if we would have The faith of a mustard seed We would say To this mountain to be removed And it would the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. So, Father, we ask you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, to completely remove every sickness, every disease, every injury, every affliction, every torment, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus, we thank you for your blood. Jesus, we thank you for your blood. So right now, Father, be glorified. Be glorified through your Son, Jesus Christ. Be glorified through your word and these people's lives. Father, thank you for healing them. Father, thank you for the miracles and the supernatural working of your power toward us who believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, and I ask right now, Lord, that anybody in the audience who does not know you, Father, that you would soften their heart, Lord, that you would reveal to them who you are and how much that they mean to you, Father. Father, that you would draw them to you and give them revelation and knowledge and to what is true. And Jesus, you said that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And so, Jesus, we honor you, and we give you glory and honor for everything that happens. For nothing is because of us, and everything is because of you. Holy Spirit, glorify Jesus in our midst, and reveal Jesus to us. Holy Spirit, have your way, and let your presence rest among us, and Give us wisdom and discernment and give us sensitivity to hear your voice at all times and give us the strength to obey and to follow your voice. Thank you, Jesus. You know, um, Jesus was a man just like us. Even though he was God, he still came in the form of a man. And it says that, um, it says in Hebrews 4, um, verse 14, seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we 
may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. And, you know, Jesus was just like us, but just without sin. And, you know, he relied daily and every minute on the Father and on his communion with the Father for insight. And he said that, I, he, his disciples had tried to bring him food, and he said, I have food you don't know of. And he said, he talked about doing the will of the Father and completing what the Father wanted him to do was his food. And it talks about the Word of God being food and substance, and that we can feed ourselves on the Word of God. And one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight, and I don't, really do sermons or anything like that. I don't really prepare messages for these radio broadcasts, um, except for a few minutes beforehand when I start getting nervous. Um, so, I mean, I guess if there was going to be some kind of um, title, it would be the different voices we hear. Because um, something a lot of people don't realize is that not every voice that you hear in your head is your own. And that may seem strange to you, but biblically it's true. There's always your voice inside of your head. And then you can hear the voice of the Father. And then there's also the voice of the enemy who is always whispering things to you. And usually it's pretty easy to tell the voice of God from the voice of the enemy because we know the character of God from reading his word. And so when there's a point where we need to, the more time we spend with him and the more time we read his word, the more we develop a sensitivity to his voice and, to, and knowing when he speaks to us. And, you know, it's not always a loud voice outside that just thunders through wherever you're at. I mean, that has happened in the Bible. And there are people out there like that. I personally never heard an audible voice from the Father. Um, it's always been a very small whisper or a nudging in my spirit, a slight impression um, where I know it's him. But sometimes I don't always know it's him. Sometimes I think it's him, and I have to rely on faith and rely on the word of God to to judge whether or not what I'm hearing comes from him and to go before him and ask him if what I'm hearing is really from him. And, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, there's a lot of people out there who think that we should live specific ways. And I'm not going to tell you how to live that's between you and the Holy Spirit and but I will tell you that it's important to guard how you live and what I mean by that is um, there's a story I heard a while ago where this man was talking about how a woman had this dove and she'd been asking the father to help her have a better relationship with him and have more intimacy with him and to have a better relationship with the Holy Spirit. And she's, and one day a dove came and flew and flew on to her shoulder when she was going into a store. And I think it was Macy's or something like that. And 
he talked about how doves are usually very skittish. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you move very much, they'll just fly away. And so the point was is that she, having the stub on her, if she didn't want the stub to fly away, she had to be very careful in what she did. Every step, every move was with the direct knowledge of this little dove that was sitting on her shoulder. And she didn't want any of her actions to offend the dove in a way, to make the dove fly off. And so, you know, the Bible says that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And so we have to be sensitive and, you know, this goes back to one of those things that we read the Word of God and we hear the Word of God over and over again through our lives, but how much do we really believe it? And we say we believe it, but how much do we really believe it? Um, how much do we really believe that, you can, that Jesus raised the dead? How much do we really believe that we're filled with the Holy Spirit? How much do we really believe that Jesus said that we are already made perfect in the eyes of the Father? And... So, you know, when you're going through your life, you have to be sensitive to what you're hearing and to what you're seeing and what, because not necessarily because the words or the thoughts or whatever thing are going, could necessarily defile you, but because of whatever you're putting in your head is what thoughts are circulating throughout your head. And so you're going, you're walking down the street and you're thinking about the movie you just saw or you're thinking about the song that you just listened to. Um, compared to having the Word of God and going through your mind and having His voice going through your mind. And, you know, there's plenty of times where I've wanted to focus on him or pray and all I'm doing is thinking about some movie I just watched um, and I'm not saying you can't watch movies and you can't listen to the radio it doesn't really matter it's pretty much whatever your conscience will allow you before the Father but I'm saying there should be a balance where you realize that your thoughts are very important because the Bible says as a man thinketh in his heart so is he and your thoughts and the battlefield of your mind has a direct effect on your walk and your life and how you live your life and how you treat other people and how you talk to other people. You know, there's a verse in um, Luke, I believe it's Luke, yeah, Luke um, chapter 6, verse 45. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. And so, if you wanted, if you, even though we're, we're not judges, but if you wanted to get an insight into the character of, the, of a man, listen to the words that come out of the man. Um, and it's true. I mean, if you listen to the way someone talks, you can get an insight into the person's character. You know, when God talked, it was always love. And the same thing with Jesus. Um, and his character was always consistent. Um, and there's another verse in um, Matthew chapter 15. Um, 
And the Pharisees were just asking him questions about why his disciples didn't follow all of the strict traditions that everybody else followed. Um, Because a lot of times we in general have this tendency to take our traditions and they become more important than the actual word of God. Um, And, but Jesus said in verse 10, when he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. And, you know, it's very interesting how much we can sometimes hear the word of God, but we don't necessarily understand it. And the way we understand the word of God is by having the Holy Spirit give us revelation and give us insight and give us wisdom into what it says. And it says in verse 11, not what goes into a man defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Um, And then he says later in verse 17, do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. And so we need to be careful of what we're exposing ourselves to and what we're filling ourselves up with. Because the things we fill ourselves up with are the things that we're, that's going to come out of us. You know, we are... For the most part, we're wells, we're fountains, and we are filled with some type of water, whether it's the things of the world or whether it's the things of God. And whatever is in your fountain is what's going to pour out of your fountain to those people who are around you. So, um, anyway, we're going to get in a little bit tonight about hearing the voice of the Father and... um, So I'm going to start, let's see, it's 30 minutes in already. This show goes so fast. Um, This is Matthew chapter 4. You know, we already talked about how Jesus was a man just like we we were, and he went through temptation like we did. And it says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, you know what, I'm going to back up for a second. Verse 2, um, I mentioned this once before, that there's a missionary, and I'm and I'm not going to say this to say that we should envy anybody else's walk. You know, Paul said in the New Testament, he said, those things that were supposed to be something to me added nothing to me. And you should never be envious of anybody's walk or anybody's ministry or anybody's anointing because the anointing that you have and the ministry that you have, regardless of who you are, is just as important, is just as invaluable as anybody else's. Because your ministry and your anointing was special to God. And when you were formed in your mother's womb, the Lord has, the Lord God spoke a word over your life and declared that you had a name, and he declared that you had a purpose to him. And that is a purpose, and that is a ministry that nobody else on the face of the planet can fulfill. But this missionary, him and his family, um, spent a lot of time with Aztec tribes in Mexico and a lot of remote tribes that have never seen human beings before. They don't have technology. They don't have anything. And so him and his group go into these um, tribes, and they preach the gospel. 
and they have to and they had to learn Aztec and they preach the gospel to these people and they see great miracles and you, they see great battles too. They see that there are spiritual forces that they have to war against. And but they also see the amazing glory of God when people believe. They've seen they see countless healings. They see people get raised from the dead all the time. And to them it's not an ex, ex, it's an extraordinary thing when God does something and God intervenes into our lives and into a situation, but it's not extraordinary as in something they can't believe would ever happen because they have gone to the point that they trust the Father and they know what his word says and they take the Father at his word. That when he says that if you will believe me, then I'll do this, then they trust him. And so they see God fulfill his word. And But they had mentioned that... Um, they fast six months out of a year. And it's not to say that they fast six months out of a year. It's because they feel like they should be in a state of always being ready. Um, they fast and pray nonstop because they always want to be ready in season and out of season. So whenever there comes a time when they need to believe and trust in the Father, they're already there and they're already ready. And they don't have to wait till something happens or someone's sick or there's some miracle that needs to happen to go seek the Father because they're constantly before the Father. And you'll notice in the life of Jesus throughout the New Testament, Jesus was always constantly before the Father. He was always at a state where he was always with the Father. And, you know, even here it says that for, for 40 days he had fasted and he had been praying for 40 days just to spend time with the Father, to be prepared for whatever comes. And, you know, it's through those times of us spending with the Father that we get insight into the things that are going on around us. And it says in verse 3, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so, immediately... And the Bible doesn't say if, if Satan showed up in physical form or if he just whispered it to him, and it could have been either one. You know, the Bible says that, that Satan can even appear as an angel of light. And, you know, so there's times where we're going to be tempted. And, you know, sometimes he'll even tempt us with the Word of God, and he'll try to distort the Word of God and say, well, and try to twist the Word of God. And if we don't know and we don't have this Word implanted in our heart, we won't know the difference. And Jesus knew the word of God. So when the enemy came, Jesus knew what the word of God said about whatever the situation was and whatever the accusation was and whatever the temptation was. Jesus, Jesus already knew from the word of God what God's opinion of was of what God's opinion of the situation was and what God said about it matter. Because in the end, it doesn't matter what the enemy says. It doesn't matter what the people in the world say about your situation. All that matters is what God says about your situation. And God says we're victorious in him. And God said that we are sanctified by his blood. And he goes on to say, Then the devil took him up into a holy city, set him up on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. You know, the enemy is always going to come to us and say, well, you're not really a Christian, and you're not really serving him, and you're not really doing this, and you're not really worth this. And, you know, at times we listen to those thoughts, and we dwell upon them. And the more we think about them, the more we start contemplating them and 
thinking, well, you know what, maybe, because we don't know it's him saying it, we just think it's our own thoughts. Um, and we start doubting ourselves when if we would just trust the word of God and let the word of God be the final say and the final authority in our life, we would know what the word of God declares over our lives, which is by grace we are saved through faith. And it is not of works. Least any man should boast. And that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that we are the head and not the tail. And, you know, if you don't know the word of God, when the enemy comes to try to convince you that you're something other than what you are, you won't know the truth. But if you know the truth and you know what the Father says, then you can put your foot down and say, Satan, get out of my sight, because this is what the Word of God says about me, which is why it's vital and important to take this Word of God, to know it, to read it, to eat it, to speak it over yourselves, to speak it out loud over your families and over your friends and over your neighbors. So that way you're coming into agreement with the Father on what he has declared. And it says... Um, Later on, and then um, Satan tries to tempt him again. And finally, um, Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And you know, the Bible says the devil seek, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking him whom he may devour. But then again, it also says, Resist the devil, and he will flee. You know, the enemy is always going to come and try to tempt you, but if you will resist him, and use the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, and then he will get to a point where he will flee. And so it goes on, and so we know that the enemy will speak to us and try to tempt us and try to persuade us of things that aren't true, because he's the father of lies. And that's what Jesus said to him. He said that you are the, that he was the father of lies, and that the truth is not in him. And you know the the enemy. At one time, you know, the funny thing about the story is when Satan took Jesus up on the mountain and, or, and on these big heights and said, you know, I'll give you all of this if you will bow down and worship me. You know, Jesus didn't say, well, you can't give it to me because you don't have it. Because, you know, up until this point, the enemy still had authority. He still had dominion. But when Jesus died, it says that he got the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he took the authority, and he took the dominion. And he even said later on, I have I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and of life. And he had gained dominion, and it says, it says in Ephesians that the Father put all things under his feet and gave him the name that was above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so Jesus took the authority. And so now we have the authority in him to fight the enemy. So don't be afraid of the enemy because he has no authority over us except for what we give him by agreeing with him and taking his side. You know, sooner or later we're going to see him and we're going to be shocked that someone so small was able to deceive so many. And the reason we're deceived is because we don't know any better. You know, the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And and people perish for lack of knowledge. And they agree with the enemy 
on things that they don't need to agree with him on because he doesn't have any power. Jesus is all the power. And the work was done on the cross, and that's the end of the story, period. And there's nothing the enemy can do to us now except for tell us things that aren't true in hopes that we won't know better to speak against him and tell him what the real truth is, which is the word of God, which he knows. Um, so Jesus, after all this, um, he went forth preaching that the kingdom of God was at hand. And then he went and he was walking on the sea and he saw a couple of brothers, um, Simon and called Peter and Andrew, and they were casting their net into the sea for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. You know, what's interesting about this is that whenever we're born, God gives us talents and he gives us gifts and he gives us anointings and special things. You know, there are people who have amazing ability to sing. And they have like this phenomenal gift of singing or playing an instrument or writing or whatever it is. And the real question is, is who are they going to use their gift for? And do you use your gift to help the world and to do things for the world, or do you use your gift uh, to the glory of God? And so, and whenever we take our gifts and we give them to God, they become multiplied. Because then it's not only just the gifts that God given us, it's us and him working together, and then it's the anointing that he puts on those gifts to reach a lost world. Um and so it says, Jesus went about all of Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. Then his fame went throughout all of Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. You know, it's interesting that we don't believe this stuff anymore, and I'm not saying it personally as in I don't, but we, and I'm speaking for the church itself, is that we don't believe the Word of God anymore because nothing's changed. You know, it says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, the same things that happened back then when Jesus was walking around and when his disciples were walking around is the same things that happen today. It's just a matter of whether we believe them or not. And if we don't believe them, then what happens? Nothing. If we don't pray, then what happens? Nothing. You know, you don't have to pray for anybody, but what will be the end results of that? Nothing. Nothing changes. And, you know, Jesus said, you think that there's still time. But look up into the fields, for they're white and ready for harvest. You know, there is a world dying out there. And we fail to notice it because we don't believe it. And we don't understand the urgency in the situation because we don't believe it as much. We say we do, but if we really did, how much would our lives be different? How much more would we be willing to go tell that one person that we see every day that is always miserable and always depressed, how much would we be willing to go talk to them and lay aside our comfort zone and lay aside our feelings and lay aside our um, embarrassment to go preach the word of 
the word of God, which could change their lives. And, you know, it says right here that Jesus went out healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases and healing all the people who were had were tormented and all the people who were demons possessed and epileptics and you know, there's nothing that he can't heal. Period. There's nothing my God can't do. Period. He's the God of the possible. And you need to let that sink in. Because whatever your situation is, he's bigger. Whatever your fear is, he's bigger. Whatever doubt could come up, he's bigger. Whatever people are saying that's negative, he's bigger than that. We serve an amazing God. You know, it says in the book of Job that God could withdraw his breath from the world. And like that, it would cease to exist. It says the earth was without form and it was void and darkness was on the face of the earth. And God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. You know, it's a nice analogy that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Because, you know, it says that Jesus is the light of the world. And he came to give, to, and he was the light for men. And, you know, Jesus spoke out and said, let there be light into a world full of darkness. And Jesus came into a world full of darkness to bring it, to bring forth light. And then turn around and make us that light and make us cities that are set on a hill that shouldn't be hidden from the world. And he gave us the ability through the Holy Spirit to do the same gifts. He said, go forth and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. He said, just go and do it. And it says that the Holy Spirit was backing up the things that the the disciples were preaching because they were preaching the Word of God and they were declaring things. And, you know, sometimes praying for someone is just a matter of taking a small step of faith. You know, when Moses was leading the children of Israel and the enemy the Pharaoh's army was racing after them and they got to the river, the Nile, or the Red Sea, sorry. And they get to the Red Sea and all of a sudden, Moses is like, okay, God, now what? Children of Israel crying, okay, great, now we're going to die here. And it's interesting, someone told me this once and it's true, if you think about it. Up until now, before the when the children of Israel were still in slavery, God spoke to Moses and said, "Go and speak to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go." And every time he did it, the Pharaoh would say no, and then God would send these plagues down to convince Pharaoh of the power of God. And so Moses and the children of Israel had seen already amazing signs and wonders from God. And 
I mean, even a couple times, God said, Moses, take your staff, throw it down, and it'll become a snake or whatever. So now he gets to, he, he already know, they already know about salvation because they've been through salvation like we have. And now they're at a place where there's a trial. The enemy's coming after them, so they're getting a little bit scared. They're facing a mountain. They don't know what to do. And, you know, God tells Moses, well, you have a stick. Do something with it. Because, you know, we have the word of God. We don't always have to sit there and figure out at certain times, well, what's the will of God in this situation? Should I pray for this person? We already know what his heart is on the matter. We already know what God's stance is on the matter. We already know what promises he gave in the matter, which is lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, which is by his stripes we are healed, which is preach the gospel to the kingdoms. Um, we already know what the word of God says. So when it comes to the mountain, we shouldn't have to sit there and go before the Father always to decide what we should do at that moment because we already know what he would say. Which is why knowing the word of God is important. So when the enemy is screaming behind you, you can stand and say, no, this is what the word of God says. And you take the word of God and you throw it down before the mountain or before the ocean or whatever it is. And you watch the waters part. You speak life into the situation. You declare the word of God. And you stand upon that word of God. And you watch the waters part. And then you walk through the waters. And you let that same word of God, and you let that same power of God devour the enemies behind you. And you don't look back at the enemy. Don't pay attention to him. Let the Father do that. Keep your eyes on him. You know, when Peter is in a boat, and Jesus is walking to Peter on the water. Peter sees the Lord. And he's like, Lord, if that's you, command that I come to you. And Jesus said, come. And so Peter, in all of his excitement and all of his passion for the Lord, jumps out of the boat and starts walking toward Jesus. And he keeps looking at Jesus. His eyes are on Jesus, and he's walking, and he's walking, and he's doing the impossible. But it's not a big deal, because his eyes weren't on the situation. His eyes weren't thinking, well, what about this, and what about this, and what am I going to do about this? He just kept his eyes on the Lord, and his feet just went over the water. But then when he saw the waves were boisterous and he started looking at the situation and he started worrying about what am I doing here and the enemy speaking, well, you shouldn't be walking on the water or whatever else. All of a sudden then it wasn't, okay, I'm walking toward the Lord. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm just thinking about the Lord. It's like, okay, well, now it's me. What am I going to do? But it should never be what am I going to do. It should be what, what are me and the Father going to do together and what's he going to do? Because he is the source. He is our strength. He is our deliverer. He is our savior. He is our redeemer. He is our healer. He is our God. So when Peter took his eyes off of that and put his eyes on himself and on the waves, 
Then he got scared and he started to sink. And he started to fall. And in his desperation, he cried out. But Jesus was right there to grab him and to lift him back up and to walk him back to the boat, which I'm assuming is what happened. The Bible doesn't say what happened. It, doesn't, it says that Jesus grabbed him. And I'm assuming Jesus didn't walk back to the boat and then tell Peter to swim back. So I'm assuming they walked back to the boat together or they walked ashore, one of the two, but the Bible doesn't say. You see, when you hear the voice of God and you hear the word of God and you take this word and you plant it in your heart, when the situations come and the storms come and the rain comes and the mountains come and the armies stand all around you, you won't fear. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, there's this story that I love in the Old Testament, and it's, I believe it was with Elijah. Um, I'm actually Googling it right now, just to let you know. Um, I love Google because there's so many times for scriptures I just don't remember. Okay, and so this is Second Kings um, chapter 6. And this is an amazing story about, and it shows what we go through. Um, and give me just one second. And let's see. Okay. So I'm going to, this is like, Chapter 6, verse 8, and it says, Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elijah the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see him where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? It's the same thing that the Israelites had to say, the same thing that Peter had to say when they looked at the situation around them and what seemed like an impossible obstacle and an impossible battle. Oh, God, what are we going to do? And Elijah said, Do not fear, 
for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elijah prayed to the Lord and he said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And God struck them with blindness according to the word of Elijah. You know, one thing about this story is Elijah didn't pray, God, send your angels, send an army to protect us. Because Elijah knew the word of God. He knew the Father. He didn't have to pray for the help that was already there. He just had to pray that the Father would open the eyes of this young man so the young man could see what was already there. It says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, I believe it's Romans or Hebrews, 12, I think. Um, Let us lay aside the weight which so easily ensnares us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Jesus said that he could have called legions of angels at his side if he needed them in the garden. You know, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses and by the armies of the living God. And there is not a demon in hell that can do anything about it. You know, there was a man named Carl Jung who said something I really liked. And it was, bidden or not bidden, God is present. Which pretty much says whether you call on him or not he's already there it's a matter of your perspective you know someone else said men are not men are not disturbed by things but by the view they take of them so when you look out at your situation and you look out at the obstacles What's important is not what the obstacles are. It's about your view of the obstacles. Yeah, there is a bill that's coming that's due. So what? Who's your provider? It's him. He said, David said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. So someone's sick. What are you going to exalt in this situation? Do you exalt the sickness? Or do you exalt the word of God that declares by his stripes we are healed? So the nations are warring against each other. Do you fear and worry about the nations? Or do you stand humbled and in awe of the living God? who said he turns the hearts of kings. 
in the end, your perspective will come by what you're listening to. And so if you take the Word of God and you dwell upon it and you meditate upon it and you get this living Word and plant it in your heart, then the voice that you'll be hearing is His. So when the situation comes, you'll already know the answer to it. Which is, this is what the Word of God declares, and this is what I'm going to stand upon right now in this situation. This is what I believe, because this is what He said. And that's the end of the story. So, we're going to go into some worship. I went a little bit longer than I expected. Um, but we're going to go into some worship for minutes. And then we will be back with Christopher Herzog. And this is Prayer International Radio. If you need prayer for anything, our number is 619-638-8458. And we will be back in just a second.
All right. Well, praise God. We're back. This is another edition of Face to Face. This is Prayer International Radio, and my name is Chris Herzog. I'll be your host for the second half of the evening. Second half of the broadcast, and Sean Holmberg was with us in the studio earlier just sharing his heart and sharing the word of the Lord, sharing about hearing the voice of God and following the right voice. So we will get into that a little bit, probably, as the Lord leads, and we'll just see where we go tonight. So I want to go ahead and open up the word of prayer. First of all, I want to thank those of you in the chat room that are with us tonight. Uh see, we've got Kiva Renee, we've got Prophet and Lady Ty, I believe, if I'm looking at her. Uh, God bless you tonight. We just uh, ask blessings upon you and those that have been in and out of the chat room, as well as those that are listening on the Blog Talk Radio and our Facebook family, we just want to thank you for your blessing us and your supporting us, listening to us, and praying for us. And of course, we have you on our prayer list. We are praying for you as well. Praise God. Just want to let those of you that are listening tonight, there are a lot of ministers uh, that do follow us, a lot of people that have their own radio shows and ministries that are following us. And we want to cover them in prayer. And we will have uh, various nights where we lift up various ministries, various ministers and different things. And so right now, uh, we've got uh, Minister Kiva Renee uh, following us. And uh, we also have uh, a few others in the in the chat room, Papa and Lady Ty. We just want to bless you tonight. We just want to ask the Lord's will be done and his kingdom come in your life that the fire of the Holy Spirit would fill you tonight and charge you and lift you up, that you would be encouraged and strengthened in the things of God tonight, and that you would go forward in the power of the Holy Spirit, declaring the word of the Lord. And we just pray blessings on your ministries. I know uh, out of Nashville, Tennessee, we just bless you tonight. We just thank you. And uh, we've got different churches listening tonight. Uh, Citywide Harvest Church in Rockwall, Texas. We just want to bless you tonight. Destiny Christian Center in Rowlett. And uh, praise God. So we just thank you. And, of course, we've got uh, different churches that are represented here tonight. We just want to bless your church and what you're doing. Praise God. So, and we just want to lift up uh, those of you that are in full-time ministry, those of you that are uh, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles, wherever you're at, missionaries, uh, Christian educators, wherever you're at, uh, we just want to bless you. We just want to lift you up tonight. So, be strengthened and be encouraged and go forward in what the Lord is having you do. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, so let's go ahead and go into a time of worship. And we will be back uh, in the time of teaching. Sorry, I was having some difficulties in the chat room. I'm trying to check out a few things there. God bless you guys tonight. Uh, I want to thank you again for being with us. The call-in number is 619-638-8458. 
of course, you can check us out at www.prayerinternational.org. And you can send in prayer requests via email or over the phone. And our email is prayerinternational at gmail.com. And so, again, we just want to thank you. We're going to go into a time of worship tonight. And praise God. Lord, we say, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, for my soul longs and even For here my heart is sad. 
Alright, well, praise God we're back. Having some te- technical difficulties tonight. So we are actually going back into a time of worship. Praise the Lord.
a lot lately. So I'm just using this as an anthem because it's the scripture. It talks about the one day. Better is the one day, one day in your house. And that tense of the wicked thing is the scripture right there. We'd rather be a doorkeeper. Think of your, think of, think of what it's like, really, when you're dwelling right in the grip of the wicked one. That grossness that grips our soul and robs us of life. And this is an anthem, an anthem of freedom. I'd rather be a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather be a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather be a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather be a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. All right, well, praise God, we are back. It's another edition of Intimate in the Word, face-to-face, and this is Prayer International Radio. And my name is Chris Herzog, and our call-in number is 619-638-8458. Our web address is www.prayerinternational.com. .org, and we are at prayerinternational at gmail.com if you want to send in your prayer request. And so let me just open up in a word of prayer. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. Father, we ask you, Lord God, to speak to our hearts tonight. Father, we ask you to bless our listening audience, that you would fill them with the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, just as your word says, we'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of our God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Father, better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your courts, Father, than a thousand elsewhere. And we just join our hearts with the psalmist tonight. We declare that. We'd rather be in the house of God. We'd rather be in a place where your glory dwells, in the place of your presence. We just thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit tonight. Praise you, Father. Praise God. You know, the Word of God says, come before his presence with singing. And so we are big about worship here at Prayer International. We are all about seeking the heart of the Father. You know, you will hear from Sean and myself. We we talk about intimacy with the Lord a lot. We talk about really becoming face-to-face, heart-to-heart becoming intimately acquainted with the Father. You know, the Bible says we love him because he first loves us. And as you experience the love of the Father, as you experience his character and his goodness and his mercy, as you experience the faithfulness of God in your life, telling you it will change and transform you as a person. It will change and transform you on the inside, not only on the outside. You know, religion a lot of times has us try to fix everything on the outside before we really have a change on the inside. That's, and that, in my definition of legalism or, or religion would be to try to change all the externals when it's not internally in your heart to do so. 
But you know, when you're intimate with God and He begins to hide His Word in your heart, and you begin to learn what pleases Him and what blesses Him and what joys His heart, when you begin to study His character and you learn God's ways and you see what grieves Him and what upsets Him, what angers Him, what depresses Him, then you will begin to alter your lifestyle and begin to do things differently. Certain things you may not do anymore. Certain things you may start doing. It depends on where you're at in your process with the Lord. But one thing is for sure in this walk, in this walk of faith, very important that you learn to wait and you learn to be the presence of the Lord, but you learn to get into that that secret place, that and not necessarily a physical place. Although it's good to have places of prayer and prayer rooms and churches and and meeting places where we can consecrate and sanctify that certain place or area or room unto the Lord. Uh, I do believe that's very important. But God says, I don't dwell in temples made of human hands. I dwell in the hearts of my people. That my people are coming together as living stones to form and and build and, and become that habitation of the living God. You, you see, we're living stones joined together. And as the body of Christ, whether we're in church or meeting together over the radio or over the Internet, or over the television, or whatever it is, we need to come together in community. You know, the Bible says there's power in agreement. When two or more are gathered together in his name, he is there in the midst. And so as we come before him together, two or three, the Bible says he is moving in our midst. In fact, Psalm 133 says there's a unity that takes place when brethren, when when the believers, when the family of God get together, there's a unity that takes place. In fact, let me read the book of Psalms 133 in regard to unity, in regard to what we're talking about, community, coming together in unity as the body of Christ in fellowship. There is a blessing that takes place. There's an anointing that's commanded. And it says this, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew of the descendants upon the mountains of Zion, there the Lord commanded, the blessing, even life, forevermore. Let me back up. It says that when we're in unity, it's like the precious ointment. There's a there's an oil, there's a anointing. And in the Old Testament, when the prophet anointed the king, or the prophet anointed the priest, or the prophet anointed another prophet, he poured the oil literally over his head and it ran down the beard and ran down the, the whole garment down to his feet. It wasn't just like a little, you know, dip on the finger and, and 
make the little sign of the cross or put a little dab of oil on them. No, they would pour a whole vat of oil over them. But this was signifying or typifying the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It was an example. It was a shadow and a type of what was to come. You see? And they equated the coming together. And now I'm giving you an Old Testament example, Psalm 133. He said, it's like the ointment that runs out Aaron's beard and goes down the skirts of his garment. It's like the dew of Mount Hermon. There the Lord commands the blessing. Now the New Testament equation of that, if you'll go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, and I guess we'll read verse 8. So uh, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And then you can go to chapter 1, verse 8. It says, Jesus said this now. He says, actually, let's back up and go to 5. He says, John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And when they therefore were come together, now listen, they were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will when you restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know, this is Acts 1, verse 7, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, verse 8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Verse 8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses. Now that's the reason the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. And he was quoting Isaiah. He said, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. Bind up the brokenhearted. Here, let's let's read Isaiah's version. Isaiah 61, it says this. We're talking about the Spirit of the Lord. We're talking about the anointing of God. There's a blessing in unity. There's a blessing. There's an anointing that comes together. It comes over the people of God when they come together and pray. And it says this. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance. Of our God, to comfort all that mourn, and to appoint unto them that mourn, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that might be glorified, and they shall build up the old waste, and shall raise up the former desolation. And they shall repair the waste cities, desolations of many generations. Now let me stop there. This is why the Holy Spirit anoints us. This is why. It's not so we can be in church and, and get some goosebumps and feel cold chills or feel real ooey-gooey good like that warm blanket of love. Wrap it around us. Although it's great to feel God, and it's great to feel the presence of God, it's great to feel the Spirit of God. 
But the reason the Holy Spirit comes over us and anoints us is for service. The reason he came over the prophets and the kings and the priests in the Old Covenant, and the reason he came over the prophets and over Jesus and over the apostles and the disciples, and even said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name, they shall do these things. Lay hands on the sick, cast out devil, speak a new tongue. Hey, listen, this is why, though, it's not about all that. But it's for this reason. He says, the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. It is to preach, to preach to get the boldness to teach and preach the word of the Lord. Sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. It, the anointing comes over us to bind up the brokenhearted, to take people that are bound up, wounded in their hearts, and pour healing in their hearts, pour the healing words of God, pour the healing of the Holy Spirit into their hearts. And open or uh, proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. People that are bound up in addictions, people that are prisoners in bondage, in bondage to different things, whether it be addiction, whatever it is, food, alcohol, drugs, it, it could be anything, sex, pornography, whatever it is, you're bound up. Listen, the anointing of God is here to set you free. The word of God is going forth to set you free from your addiction. To set you free from your bondage. To set you free if you're bound. The word of the Lord is going forth to set you free. To open up the prison to them that are bound and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Year of favor. That's the year of favor. The, the Holy Spirit comes over us to bring us favor. Favor with God, favor with man. Favor, the Bible says, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, even his enemies are peaceful. But the anointing of God comes over us and to appoint them that mourn designed to give them beauty for ashes. Maybe your life has been nothing but a pile of ashes. God says, I want to give you beauty for ashes. Maybe your life is depression and mourning and heaviness. God says, I want to give you the oil of joy. I want to give you a garment of praise. I want to lift you up. And I want to make you call the tree of righteousness that the planting of the Lord might be glorified. Verse 4 says, God wants to build up the old waste places and raise up the former desolation." He wants to repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. What this means is what's wasted and ruined and what's been destroyed in your life, what the locusts and the canker worm have eaten up in your life, what the enemy has come and steal, kill, and destroy in your life. The Lord promises he's going to take the what's ruined, what's wasted, what's messed up, and he's going to bless it up. He's going to raise it up. He's going to turn it around. All things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. He said, I'll put rivers on the dry ground. I'll put rivers of living water in the desert. In fact, if you have to walk through fire, you won't be burned. If you walk through a flood, you will not be overflowed. Why? Because God calls things as not as though they are. Let me tell you something. If your life has been ruined and wasted because of choices, because of the enemy, because of 
things you did in your life or things you chose in your life or things you allowed in your life that were contrary to the things of God, listen, God wants to bring a turnaround season in your life. He wants to turn things around. There's a turnaround. I'm here to tell you there's a turnaround season in God where God can flip the script in your life. It doesn't matter what you've been through. And I don't say that sounding sincere, but whatever, let me rephrase that, okay? Whatever you've been through, God can use it in your life to glorify himself, and God can meet you in the middle of your road to turn your life to the king of kings, turn your life into a kingdom life, a spirit-filled life where your priorities become kingdom priorities, where your thoughts literally become in line with the thoughts of God. He says, if I abide in you and you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you shall bear much fruit. And maybe your life has been wasted, it's been fruitless, it's been barren. Well, God says he wants you to have a fruitful, blessed life. And if you allow the Spirit of God to come in, if you be willing and obedient, the Bible says you shall eat the good of the land. And if you allow the Spirit of God to come in and you will be willing, God is in you to willing to do of his good pleasure. Listen, he is in you. And if he's in you, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And if God before you, no one can be against you. The Bible says every weapon formed or fashioned against you will not prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you will be condemned. It will be silenced. The barking dog, God will silence the barking dog in your life. See, the enemy comes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But the Lord says, no, he is the lion. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus. And even though the enemy in your life acts like a barking dog or a roaring lion, the Lord will silence and shut his mouth. The Lord will have the last say in your life, will have the final word over your life. But if you allow the word of God to be the final word over your life, to be the word that dictates. See, the Bible says you can choose to believe man's report or you can choose to believe the report of the Lord. You can look at things the way they are or you can call things not as though they are. And it's your choice. See, the Bible says choose you this day whom you're going to serve. And either you're going to serve the world system and you're going to bow to your circumstances or you're going to serve the living God and your circumstances are going to bow to you. You're going to speak to your mountains. And if you speak to your mountains, see the Bible says uh, don't, don't fret and fear your mountains. Speak to them. And see a lot of times we constantly face our mountains and we, we draw back. But the Bible says the Lord has no pleasure in the person that draws back, that you're not to put your hand to the plow and draw back, but that you're to go forward and you're to speak to your mountains. And when you speak to those mountains, guess what? Jesus said they'll be cast off into the sea. You speak to your circumstances. You speak to your enemy. You speak to your sickness. You speak to your disease. And you begin to get the report of the Lord in your mouth. You begin to get the report of the Lord in your mouth. 
Praise God. So, we're talking about speaking. We're talking about, actually, we're all over the place tonight, but praise God. God is good. He's a good God. Just know that the anointing of God is in your life to prepare you for service, to anoint you, to walk through any situation, any fire, any flood, any mountain that you face, whatever giant, however you want to label it. Listen, whatever enemy, whatever situation you're dealing with, God wants to anoint you. God wants to prepare you. God wants to send you into your future. He says, I've got a hope in the future for you. I've got a, a expected end. You see, even though your future, you're not sure about it, God says, I already expect what's going to happen in the end. He already knows. He's already prepared for you. Blessing. Glory. It's just a matter of you. See, he says, if you will be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good in the land. And many are willing, but a lot of people are not obedient. And See, we have to be obedient. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And if we're obedient to the Spirit of God, we'll walk in blessing. If we walk in righteousness, Jesus, the Bible said Jesus, according to the Spirit of holiness, did many wonderful works. According to the Spirit of holiness, God wants us to be sanctified, set apart, consecrated unto Him. He says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, he wants us to abide in the secret place, abide in the shadow of his wing. Abide. Learn to abide. Learn to live in his presence. Learn to live in his glory. Learn to live and wait on the Lord. He says, wait on the Lord and you shall be strengthened. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Praise God. We're going to be back. If you're listening, feel free to go to the phone and call in 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio. You can check out our website, www.prayerinternational.org. We are raising up a global watch of prayer. We are praying for the nations of the world. We are speaking to nations to be open. To be open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. To be open to the word of the Lord. So praise God. We are speaking to those nations.
Alright, well, praise God, we are back. And we are speaking to nations. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I am your host for the last 10 minutes of the show. And tonight we are just talking about the Spirit of the Lord and His anointing and His voice and His word and His mercy and His love. And kind of all over the place tonight, praise God. But you know, the Bible says the wind blows where it will. And so is everyone that is led by the Spirit of God. You don't know where it comes from, and you don't know which way it is going. And if we're going to follow the Spirit of God, we have to be open. You know, the Bible says His Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and sometimes that lamp, sometimes that path, only lights up a little bit at a time, and it's a walk of faith. The Bible says we walk by faith, and not by sight. And so we are speaking to nations tonight. We're telling them to be open. We're speaking to powers of darkness, telling them they have to flee because the blood of Jesus Christ is speaking, and we overcome by the word of the Lord, the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. And we are declaring we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And we are declaring the word of the Lord is going forth tonight in your life. Whatever promise you have from the Lord, hang on to it. The Bible says God is not slack concerning his promises, but all the promises of God are yes and amen in him. And we're here to tell you that whatever God has promised you, whatever God has said, he declares he will hasten his word to perform it. And wherever he sends that word, it will accomplish what it is purposed to do. So whatever you are agreeing with, get the word of God in your mouth and speak to your mouth. Get the word of God in your mouth and speak to your body. Speak over your family. Speak over your finances. Begin to speak over your future. And in the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And from the overflow speaks in that we eat and we are ensnared by the fruit of our lips. We eat good by the fruit of our mouth. And so whatever we speak, we can have. Jesus said, whatever comes out of your mouth, you can have. Whatever you believe, you can have. So if you begin to speak and you begin to believe, the Bible says believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you should be saved. Well, salvation works in the principle of faith and confession. Well, your healing works in the same principle. See, the Bible not only talks about the person of Jesus, but it explains the principles of Jesus. The Word of God explains not only the the peace of God. See, Jesus, the Word of God that, that declares the person of God, declares who Jesus is, that's for your peace. But the Word of God that declares the principles of God, okay, that's for your prosperity. That's for your productivity. You see, Jesus prepares you for your future. He prepares you for eternity. But the principles of the Word of God prepare you for your now. The principles of the Word of God work in your now. And if you begin to walk according to His Word, the Bible says in Joshua 1.8 it says do not let the Word of this law Depart out of your mouth. Okay, let's let's read Joshua one eight for a minute. I want to go ahead and turn to it. 
The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, and that you may observe to do all according to that is written. For then thou shalt make your way prosperous, then thou shalt have good success. And that's it. Begin to walk according to the word of God. Begin to walk according to the ways of God. The word of God produces God results in your life. Yes, I believe in the grace and the mercy of God. Yes, we believe that there's mercy and grace in God. But we also believe there's principles in the word of God. There's wisdom in the word of God that if you apply the word of God to your life, it'll work for you. And I think the problem is, is a lot of times we're taught in these churches, grace, 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 and nobody's telling anybody to follow the words of God and to actually follow what the Bible says to follow. And I'm not talking about legalism, but I'm talking about following the commandments of the Lord. The Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Okay? And if you begin to walk according to the Bible says, let's say uh, what Joshua, the book of Joshua says, the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but meditate day and night, and observe and do according to all that is written. So do what's in it, not be a hearer only, but James said be a doer of the word of God. And then what happens? He said, for thou shall make your way prosperous, and you shall have good success. See, let's go to the Psalms real quick. Psalm 1-8 says it like this. It says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. I'm going to paraphrase for a minute. Okay. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, in his law, does he meditate day and night. It sounds just like Joshua 1, Psalm 1. And he shall be like a tree planted, there's that tree, by the rivers of living water that brings forth his fruit in his season. See, if you want to have a fruitful life, Jesus said, abide in me, and I abide in you, and if my words abide in you, then you shall bear much fruit. Whatever you do shall prosper. Jesus said, or Joshua said, I'm sorry, if you meditate day and night and observe to do according to what's in, then you shall prosper and have good success. Well, let's look at Isaiah 61. He says, why? That they might be called, verse 3 says, you will be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And it's the same way. God said, For Zion's sake I'll not hold my peace. I've set watchmen upon your walls, which shall not hold their peace night and day. Ye that make mention of the Lord, do not keep silence and give him no rest, till he be established until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Realize how it is. He says, I'm not going to stop night and day. God says, meditate night and day. He says, don't hold your peace. He who keeps his mind on me continually, I'll keep him in perfect peace. But God wants a continual inflow of the word and of the spirit. The Bible says, the Father seeketh such to worship him. They that worship him must worship him in spirit, but by the Holy Spirit. 
with the right attitude from the heart. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And truth. See, faith works by love. So we have to trust the Lord. We have to walk in love. So look, we've got two minutes left. Praise God. We're going to shift gears here. Let me just say a prayer for you. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. This is Face to Face. We are on from 10 to 12 Central Time. Call in 619-638-8458. PrayerInternational.org is our web address. Check us out at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We're going to pray. God, Father, I just ask Lord, your kingdom would come and your will would be done. Lord, just as it is in heaven, Father, let it be in the earth right now where everyone is that's listening, Father, all the men, all the women, all the ministers, all the announcers, those on our blog talk radio family, our faith. Just ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would pour out your Holy Spirit, that, Father, you would move in the Nashville area, Father, you'd move in the Dallas, Texas area, you would move in the United States, cover Jerusalem and the nations of the earth. Father, we pray right now, Father, that you would bless every man, every woman, every child that's listening tonight, that, Lord, you would open up their eyes, that they would hear the voice of your spirit, that they would feel your presence, that your anointing would break the broken blocks, and that, Father, that the word of God would lead them and guide them. They would hear your word speaking, and, Father, we just ask their ears be open. They would hear your voice. And, Father, your will be done, your kingdom come, in Jesus' name. Until tomorrow night, this is Prayer International. Thank you, and have a good night. I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's a The last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say. Finding myself in the midst.